Hello everyone, welcome to the ninth episode of my podcast, your favorite young adult bookworm. I hope you're doing all right. Hopefully, wherever you live, the weather is nice. Here in Canada, it is getting better and I am on my summer break, so life is good. Today, I'm going to be retelling Siege and Storm by Late Bardugo, the sequel of Shadow and Bone. I recommend you to go listen to my episode on the first book if you haven't, so you understand what is going on on this one. Before I start, just a little reminder to please rate, share, and subscribe to my podcast if you are enjoying it. Also, I am on Instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm, just like the title of this show. Go check it out. I post memes and quotes there you won't like to miss out on. Now, time to talk about the book. Alina and Mal are living in a small town. They are working to gain some money to be able to move. Uh, just a small reminder, they are not in Rafka anymore. They escaped. Uh, they live in a horrible hostel. They suffer, but they are happy because they are together. Well, Mal more than Alina, who needs to hide her stag amplifier all the time. She also has not been able to practice her powers, which is making her super weak and miserable. But at least she's with Mal, you know. One day, when they return to their crappy hostel, Alina feels something is wrong. When they go up to the room, the Darkling and his men are there. Everything happens super fast. Ivan has Mal, so Alina once again can do anything to harm the Darkling or the others without Mal getting hurt. But they had thought this could happen, so at her signal, Mal attacks and they try to run. But just before that, the Darkling was giving Alina speech, thanking her for a gift she gave him when she left him to die in the fall. But he got into Interrupted with their lame attempt of escaping, so instead of telling her what the gift is, he shows them what it is. He brings to life two horrible monsters, similar to the Volcrab, but these ones obey him. Alina soon realizes her life doesn't do anything to them. She needs to use the cut to kill them. You know, the powerful thing that only her and the Darkling can do, that cuts stuff in half, and therefore it's called the cut, because it cuts stuff in half. <laughs> and well, they are out outnumbered, Alina is weak, one of the monsters is on her is on her and the darkling lets it bite her. She is in a lot of pain. Ivan has smile again and the darkling goes like Alina, Alina, when are you going to learn? Also, FYI, I let my monster bite you and the bite of my monsters never truly heals. So you ne so you will never forget me, babe. And then all goes dark. Some days go by, Alina is being kept sedated, they wake her up from time to time for us to have a few glimpses of what is going on. Eventually, they make her wake up for good, she is in a ship. Genya is there, Alina is super salty towards her because she was working for the Darkling the entire time, so she feels betrayed and like, I will feel the same way. Ivan takes her to the Darkling and guess what is the first thing Alina says to the Darkling as the big sim she is. Did you guys guess? Well, it is. Where is Mal? Where is he? And the Darkling is like, oh my gosh, get over him, Alina. You guys look pathetic. Besides, he will always feel your power. He will never understand you as I do. Sincerely, I am tired of repeating myself. I thought you were smarter, but you always prove me wrong, my dear. He then takes her to 
Mal <laughs> and he tells Mal he needs to track this sea dragon, like this mystical sea dragon, to get Alina a second amplifier, another mystical one that goes with the stag one that she already has. Oh, but tiny detail. He tells Mal every day he does not find it, he will tear up off a piece of Alina's skin and he will make him watch the show and then he will cure her just to do it again the following day. Just a tiny little detail, you know? I get, I swear, guys, like, the Darkling is straight up evil. Like, not even Maven from the Red Queen, guys. This is true evil. I normally go for the evil guy, but I can be Team Dark Lena. He's way too evil for me. Although sometimes, just like Lena, I feel the appeal, you know, like, the power is kind of sexy, but still, not Team Dark Lena. But, well, Stormhaunt, I'm not sure of the pronunciation, so I'll go for Stormhaunt, the captain of the ship says no way no one is torturing a girl on my ship the darkling is like mm, i do whatever i want dude and the captain tells him give mal at least a week come on bro and the darkling is like okay fine if you insist you have a week mal after six days mal finally finds the dragon they attack it and they are about to capture it and then boom Plot twist! Stormhaunt and his crew attack the Darkling and his men. They start fighting. Two of the crew members of Stormhaunt that Alina had seen several times, Tamara and Tolia, end up being Grisha. Alina is shook. She does not understand what is going on. I was like, this is going too fast. What the fuck? I don't understand what's going on either. They board another ship of Stormhaunt, but before that, Tolia kills Ivan, and I was so happy about it like Ivan was an ass since book one I couldn't stand him so I was like yes good thing bye Alina tells Kenya to go with them but the Dama stays with the Darkling who is sending his monsters to them Alina is using the cut to get rid of them as much as she can but she's weak and stuff like that she also sees that it costs the Darkling to create those monsters oh and Stormhaunt hits the Darkling's arm with a bullet before sailing away and I was like wow like he hit her like he's cool um Stormhaunt is also like um well lovely Alina killed the dragon so the amplifier is yours and this is like in their new ship because they are sailing away from the darkling obviously and Alina once again can't do it she can't kill the sea dragon Mal has to help her she gets the amplifier but she does not want to put it on because she had read that it was one amplifier per Grisha it had always been like that so she was a little bit scared Stormhaunt later on gives her the book he took from the Darkling it was the book the opera the high priest had given to Alina in first in the first book but that she completely ignored because she was a little bit scared of the opera because he smelled weirdly and yeah it, it is because of that quite literally if you don't believe me you can read the book in the book uh one of the saints oh like not in the book but like in the book um uh, that the opera gave her uh one of the saints has this stag amplifier the dragon one and a third one of another mystical creature and i like he has like three mystical 
uh, amplifiers in total. Alina shows this to Mal and she's like, we need to find the other one before the Darkling so we can defeat him. But Mal is not that convinced because just as the Darkling said, he's a little bit afraid of Alina's powers. He doesn't get her indeed. But like, I don't even know why this is a surprise. Some days go by, Stormhawn explains that he's kind of like a pirate slash mercenary, so he betrayed the Darkling because someone paid higher to bring her. He did not want to tell who this person was, but he told her that he was paid to bring her there, not to keep her, so if she wanted, he will help her get away once she met his client. They all start to get along on the ship, Mal and Alina start practicing combat with Tamar, Tolia, and even Stormhawn. They are all buddies vibing and then one night Aline is like YOLO Stormhawn call your Grisha fabricator and let's put the second amplifier on Mal is not happy about all this obviously Aline is like don't worry my precious Mal it is just to have a fighting chance against the Darkling but I just want to say that if he was a good boyfriend or friend with benefits or whatever they are he will not make her feel like that in the end it's her body and she should do as she places without like feeling guilty but well because of him you know but well they put on the amplifier this time it is in her wrist like a manacle she puts on a show with her light coming out of her she feels so much power and then she looks at her other wrist she feels it's naked she wants more she needs the third amplifier and in the back of her mind she's like damn this is how the darkness felt those years ago am i turning into him well hopefully not lol because i already put it on and i want the other one but like let's see <laughs> i hope it was not a mistake they continue their journey. They are all friends now. They're enjoying their lives. Mali's bonding with Stormhawn, who happens to be really funny. I really like this guy. They're about to reach their destination. They're a few hours away, and then the ship starts flying. A new technology invented by Stormhawn. Alina and Mal are awed by this experience until the captain leads them into the fold and Elena goes like what the fuck dude are you crazy and he goes like it's a sure god besides we are traveling with you the sun summoner the only person that can keep us safe so she is pissed because he did not tell her and I was like come on I really don't see the problem Alina stop being a baby about it like just put pour your light, I don't know, and well, she pours her light, the Volcra keep away, but Stormhawn and his crew and Mal start killing the Volcra, Alina is triggered by this, she knows she should not since like the Volcra are monsters, but she hears their cries like if they were human cries, the one left by the Darkling's new monster starts tingling, and then the Darkling appears in the middle of the ship and goes like... You're turning into quite a killer, my dear Lena. She panics. No one seems to notice the Darkling is there. And then she loses it. And her light goes out. Uh, everyone now panics, obviously. The ship falls. They manage to come out of the fold. And everyone goes like, what the hell, Lena? And she was like, do not look at me. Look at your captain who did not tell me first. And then started hunting Volcra. And then 
plot twist again! As they are coming out of the water after the crash, Sturmhund's face changes. It was tailored before. Some Grisha like Genia can do that, like change your face. Now he is blonde, he has a perfect nose, and he's extremely handsome. Mal and Alina go like, wait, what? And then some soldiers from the king of, uh, from king of Ravka, I forgot to mention, but now they're back in Ravka, arrive and they are like, who are you? Stormhund says he's the second prince, Prince Nikolai, bringing with him the Sun Summoner. They're all shocked, except for the few members of his crew who knew his true identity, like Tolia and Tamar. And Alina loses it again and punches him in the face. It was quite funny, mostly because, as I mentioned before, Alina's very funny in her head, so it was really funny to read. I was not really surprised about this plot twist, though. I saw it coming since book one when they mentioned way too much the second prince, like I knew he was gonna appear in this book. On their way to the palace, Nikolai explains that he had to conceal his true identity. He tells Alina and Mal that he wants to win over the Darkling and rule Ravka, but like in a nice way, not in an evil way. He's a good dude. He tells them that if Alina joins him, they can defeat the Darkling together. Alina's like, mm, okay, I'm hearing you, okay. And he's like, yeah, so we want to seem like a united front, you know? And she's like, yeah, of course, like totally makes sense. And he goes like, cool, cool so do you want to marry me or what like when's the wedding this mal loses it he's beyond pissed alina goes like hell no in your dreams dude and he goes like it will be just a marriage in title of course mal can be your guard and you do you guys like whatever you want all will be just a title except for the part of producing heirs of course and well to this mal completely loses it again Alina has to calm him down. He's such a big baby. Oh, poor, poor little Mal. How insecure is he of Alina's love? Jeez. Alina says she's down to help him, but no marriage. And she wants the title of the Darkling. Uh, like, the well, the title he had, right? Because now he doesn't have any title. So she wants to be the head of the second army. So the army of Grisha. To this, Nicola goes like, fine. But if you change your mind about marrying me, well, just let me know. A wink. Several days go by traveling. In every town they stop, they put on a show. Nikolai is always close to Alina, so everyone sees how close they are. And one time when he was helping her to enter the carriage, he kisses her out of nowhere. Mal is furious but he can say anything and like inside the carriage Alina kicks him and she stresses about Mal because poor baby he suffers so much and well once she's calm Nikolai gives her some tips on how to be a leader and stuff they finally arrive to the palace. Nikolai convinces his dad, the king, to let her lead the second army. So now Alina is fucking badass. She has what used to be the Darkling's job before his failed coup. And she has her own personal guard, formed by Mal, Tamar, and Tolia. I did not explain much about them, but they are from a different country. The one Botnik, Alina's old battle trainer comes from they also they are also twins and well they swear like well they swore their loyalty to alina they also ha uh, like oh and she also has a new color kefta guys it is dark blue with gold filled with the sun symbol because she's hashtag the sun summoner 
When she arrives at the little palace where she used to live in book one, the Grisha who did not desert or did not commit treason to the kingdom following the Darkling are there uh, since they live there since it's the Grisha house. Some are against her, some are for her being their new leader. One of the guys against her, Sergei, um, he, like, he makes her super angry and she was about to cut him in half to prove she was worthy. But at the last second, she just uses the cut in the ceiling, making a hole there they are all shook and she was like well i am powerful i have the most powerful amplifier i may not have experience but i am the only one who can defeat the darkling so do as i say or leave she flipped her hair and she went to what used to be the darkling's office in chambers like the queen she is she tells the servants the darkling's chambers are now hers she owns the motherfucking house now she did not flip her hair and did not say she owned the house, but that is how I envision it. Sincerely, Alina is so cool. She's one of the main characters I've liked the most so far in my many years of reading this kind of books. And well, we all know how I feel about most main characters. If this is not proof enough of how cool she is, I don't know what it is. She makes a lot of changes. She does not command the same way the Darkling did. She encourages Grisha from different sections to hang together. She makes them work together and not separately. She gives the same importance to each section. She also now makes the fabricators also train physically before they will just be in the workshop uh, doing their fabricator stuff. They are all the same now. She also now has to attend multiple meetings, not only with Grisha, but also with noblemen. So with Nikolai, with the first prince, like firstborn prince, not the first prince, but like firstborn, who is a total idiot and the king's constable. In her free time, she does a lot of research about the third amplifier that she's missing. In the image of her book, it looks like this mystical creature is a phoenix just like the cover of the third book so it clearly is a phoenix but whatever that she needs to kill to get her other amplifier in this image the phoenix is close to a bridge but she does not know which bridge it is in like the entire country nor does Nikolai also I forgot to mention but almost no one knows about this nor that she has a second amplifier she has it like hidden like she wears long sleeves but also like she will always wear long sleeves but the point is no one knows about the second amplifier she goes to visit Bagra, the Darkling's mom, and the lady who used to train her on how to use her powers. When she arrives to see her, she is shocked. The Darkling removes her eyes to make her live in darkness. Alina was shocked at the sight of her, and I was shocked too. Like, I swear the Darkling is the real shit when we talk about evilness. Like, he took his mom's eyes out of her head because she helped Alina. Jeez. Then Bagra gets super angry at her for not running away when she had the opportunity and went to look for the stag instead. Alina shows her the second amplifier and Bagra gets even more disappointed on her. Alina pleads for Bagra to hint her where to look for the third amplifier. She says no. Alina gets angry and threatens her and regrets it as soon as the words come out of her mouth. Bagra calls her out for turning out just to be like the Darkling and she tells her like calls to like and I was just like damn 
I mean, she's not wrong. She's really obsessing over the third amplifier, just like the dark lane was obsessing before. So Aline is super affected by this. She thought she was going to have background support, but she clearly doesn't. So <laughs> awkward. Many weeks go by, there are minor things that happen, like the firstborn prince proposing to Alina, and she's, she's disgusted by him, so she says, obviously, no. She escapes one day to go to a party with Mal, who every single time he appears, he's angry or jealous about something, and Alina just feels bad about it. And, ugh, it's just frustrating. At the party, she meets with the apparat, who is now an enemy of the kingdom, and he also built a cult on Alina like the, her sutures like, well his sutures and her sutures I guess call her Saint Alina and she's like what the hell um, he keeps telling everyone she's a saint and she's like okay sure but no he asks her to go with him and she says no but tell me everything you know though but Mal arrives and the opera disappears also Alina keeps hallucinating the darkling it is almost every day now they talk and everything like oh buddies but here with a lot of hate you know because he's evil and she hates him but like this is just weird but like yeah that's what's happening but well the gap between Aline and Mal keeps getting bigger and bigger they fight for no reason all the time he thinks he changed a lot he wants the old Alina back poor baby and Alina just wants him to understand her and be there for her they are just not listening to each other but I believe who is most at fault here is Mal like why will he expect for her to stay the same forever that is just selfish he goes like I prefer when we were poor you were nicer and I was like okay dude yeah it was better for you because she was invisible and now she's badass and powerful and has many suitors so please don't come at me with that bullshit but at the same time he left everything for her like everything and she just kind of wants more power and does not pay him enough attention sincerely i think this is not working out i don't think they are the right pick for each other from my point of view their relationship is basically codependency they are toxic to each other i would just rather like for alina to stay with nikolai they will be a better match nikolai is way funnier I love how I just gave a mini speech about toxicity in relationships. I wish I was this insightful in my own personal life, but clearly I am not. But that's beside the point. Now, going back to Aline and Mal and not my personal relationships, one night when they were kind of reconnecting, he was about to kiss her, but she hunched away because her hallucination of the darkling appeared. But she did not tell Mal about her hallucinations, so he thinks it was because uh, she doesn't like him anymore, like, like in that way, you know? He does not want to listen to her explanations, so she can't tell him it's because of the darkling and because Mal is a man guess what does he do to release his pain he gets drunk every night from now on and he gets into fights to prove he's strong he's a strong dude Alina does not know what to do he won't talk to her it was so freaking annoying guys I swear like dude give her a break and listen to her jeez like 
oh my gosh she feels more and more alone so she hallucinates more and more the darkling so this is just a mess and the days uh she does not see him like the hallucination of the darkling she kind of misses him and she's like oh my gosh what is wrong with me but it's the only person who understands her after all so then one night she asks Damar where is Mal. She takes her to like where he is. He is drunk fighting. Alina wants to intervene and Tamar says no, he does not want your help. He ends up winning and then he kisses Soya, the girl from book one that made pretty eyes to him and who used to be super jealous of Alina because she was with uh, she was the darkness favorite. And Mal knew how Alina felt about Soya he knew she bullied Alina and do you know what did he do because the poor baby was unhappy well he kissed her knowing all that and then he saw Alina was there and ran after her I swear the audacity of this dude he's dating the most powerful Grisha of all times who refused all her suitors so far because he loves him so much she does everything she can to make him happy and this dude out of pettiness kisses Zoya I swear I was so mad he will not sit and listen to Alina so he could understand what happened the other night no he had to be petty and he had the audacity to run after her and say I'm sorry I was not thinking I was just being petty I will have been like David pretty face but Alina is like okay but still and they fight again and he goes like I want my old Alina my old Alina back again and Alina is like okay let's escape together tonight then and he's like we both know that is not gonna happen you need the other amplifier even if you had the option of giving away your power would you and she goes like never he's like Fine, I will walk you to your room. When they arrive, she tells him she has she has had hallucinations about the darkling and that is why she hunched away the other night. And he's like, oh, and that's it. Guys, get ready for this. That same night or another night, I'm not sure, Alina is there sleeping, super chill, and then she feels someone in her bed. He starts kissing her and it smiles. She's like, oh my gosh, he changed his mind. Oh my gosh, my beloved smile. I love him so much. I love his kisses. And after making out for quite a bit, she looks at him and she realizes it is the freaking darkly and the dude goes like whoa Alina what a welcome and she screams and well she like but like she screams and I was shocked and oh my gosh like this dude I swear or the hallucination of this dude I was shocked I, I I'm still shocked about that scene and well she screams but no one comes and she's like what the hell she looks outside and none of her guards are there she's too shaking to, to go back to sleep so she goes for a walk and ends up outside the castle where all the Saint Alina fanatics were and they realize it's her they kind of start tearing her apart wanting her to take a part of her with them and she just lets them she's like oh you know what i'm done with life 
But then Tamar and Tolia arrive and take her to the castle. Tolia slams Mal against the wall and goes like, where the fuck were you? Last night, it was your shift. You were supposed to guard her and you weren't drinking? Alina goes like, stop, Tolia. I am fine. This bitch always defending Mal, even when he's a whiny little bitch. He does not deserve her. I swear. She tells them to go look for Nikolai she, because she had an epiphany when she was getting attacked by the fanatics and she needs to share it with him she knows where the bridge is the one where the third amplifier is mr i suffer so much i want all the lena back goes like i am going to track it i am going to bring it to you and then i am leaving it was meant to be like this and Alina's like no i can't send you alone what if something happens to you but nikolai is like he's right you can go with him it will be more difficult that way and she agrees at the end, but she is sad since Mal, like, she's super sad, you know, Uh, Mal just tells her, because, you know, like, he just tells her, let me know when I can leave, and, like, rude, you know, Uh, but at the same time, I also get Mal and why he's being like this, ugh, I get them both, and they are both right and wrong, and this is why I just feel they are toxic for each other, Uh, even if they love each other, but sometimes love is not enough, you can love someone, and that someone can love you back, yet you hurt each other by just being there, trying not to lose each other, so it's better to end things, I think. After this, David the Fabricator, who had a thing, but no, but yeah, with Kenya in the previous book, creates a new weapon that blasts a lot of light. It's kind of like a bomb. They think this will kill the Darkling's new monsters. They are all super happy about this new invention. They celebrate. Alina and Nikolai end up sitting together and admiring the celebration, and then they are about to kiss, but then he says he doesn't want to kiss her when she wants to forget about Mal. He wants to he wants to kiss her when she is thinking of him and Alina understands but she's also a little bit pissed by this she's even contemplating not going to his birthday party but she can't not go so yeah but what but when she was contemplating not going she drafted like a letter in her head to the king and queen and it was hilarious I will read it for you I found it so funny so you all need to hear it so here it comes Unfortunate circumstances have arisen, namely that my best friend can seem to stand aside of me and your son didn't kiss me and I wish he had, or I wish he hadn't, or I'm still not sure what I wish, but there's a very good chance that if I'm forced to sit through this stupid birthday dinner, I'll end up sobbing into my cake. Best wishes in this most happy of occasions, Alina Starkov, idiot. This is how my thoughts sound like in my head. This is why I really like her. But well, enough of me talking about how much I love Alina. Back to the story, Alina goes to the birthday party. She's not enjoying it. And the bite of the Darkling's monster is tingling more than usual. And then the firstborn prince, who was feeling threatened by his brother, says he made a deal with one of the countries that they were at war with. And because he's the biggest idiot ever, he did not tell anyone about his plan. And Nikolai goes like fucking idiot this is a trap and as he says that the darklings monsters attack they kill the firstborn prince thankfully alina tells nikolai to take the flying ship and escape with the nobles there and she will go to the little palace and help the grisha 
She runs there with her guards, so Mal, Tamar, and Tolia. When she arrives, there are only a few survivors. They are defending themselves as best as they can with Lean and all, but there are way too many monsters. The Darkling finally arrives and tells Alina to join him and he will spare the lives of his precious friends. If not, they will end up like Genia, who he drops there. She has only one eye and she's covered in scars. Alina is heartbroken by the sight of who used to be her friend. So is David, who goes to aid her. And well, since they are outnumbered and she's starting to drain, well, she does what any good main character will do. She accepts. She tells Tolly and Tamar to take Mal and the others to safety. Mal is like, Alina, don't do this, no! The darling goes like, you know no one understands you as I do, but I feel you know now since you called for me. Those hallucinations, they were real. You called for me. And well, there was that night... And this dude, I swear, and Alina is like, you know, buddy, you are right. My power is yours. And he's like, oh, yeah. And they kiss. And in between kisses, Alina goes like, and your power is mine. And the darling is like, wait, what? And she uses the connection of the stag collar to reach to his power and she starts making monsters, killing herself and the darkling in the process until my boy Mal takes her out of there before she kills herself and the darkling. She's unconscious like at the beginning of the book. When she finally wakes up, she looks dreadful. Her hair is all white, she's all bones, her eyes look like two hollows, and she can't access her powers. Not even with the two amplifiers. She can't summon light. She's now in the hidden layer of the apparat. I forgot to mention, but while they were fighting the monsters, Tolia and Tamar arrived with an army of Alina's fanatics. Because of this, Alina realized Tamar and Tolia were work for the apparat, but they tell her their main loyalty is towards her and stuff. So now she's with the apparat and the fanatics who think she's a saint. She can't use her powers, we do not know if Nikolai survived, and now the Darkling is the king of Ravka, we also do not know if he looks as destroyed as Alina, or if he's just Alina, but I think it's just Alina because he's the king, right? If he looked as destroyed, he wouldn't be king, but I'm not sure. And infuriating Mal is Loki happier with this powerless Lena since she's more similar to the old Lena. But well, what an ending of a book, guys! What a cliffhanger! Now, time for my overall opinion. I really like this book. There was so much going on in the entire book. I could not stop reading it. I legit read it in just two days. And I was busy. I do not know how I did it. But I just needed to know what was going to happen. I am really liking this series. I find them really easy to read and super interesting at the same time. I really like Alina. I think she's a super, she's super funny. I love her. The Darkling is such a great villain like he is not playing around i will have liked to see him more in this book he did not appear that much now mal i did not like him at the beginning of the first book by the end i really liked him and in this book i have really conflicting feelings about him i understand where he comes from but at the same time he's so infuriating but like mostly because we are seeing alina's perspective but at the same time i can see him oh, like his perspective like I can understand so I am not sure how I feel towards him Nikolai 
OMG, what a great character too. He's funny, quirky, and handsome. I hope he turns more into a love interest in the third book. I think Lena and him will make an amazing power couple. I can't wait to read the third book of this series. I am so excited about it. Now, time to rate this book. I will give it the same score I gave the previous one, so 4 out of 5 stars. I think they are both equally good. It is time to say goodbye now. Thank you all so much for listening to my podcast. I can't believe I actually have some listeners. Please do not forget to share, rate, and subscribe if you like my podcast. It will really help me to reach out to more young adult book fans. Also, don't forget to please follow me on Instagram at your favorite young adult bookworm. I post there some content. It is amazing. I think I'm really funny, so you should follow me. Well, guys, I'll see you next week with the retelling of A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Maas.